This is Brain Diet, episode 184, How I Teach My Kids About Food. I love so much focusing on the food we feed our body, but I love even more focusing on the stuff we feed our brain. My name is Taylor Ann Macy, and I am a certified life coach. Welcome to Brain Diet, where we feed your brain the best information. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this episode of the podcast. Today, I am sharing with you how I teach my kids about food. Being a life coach and a nutrition coach, the world of food and people's relationship with it their feelings about it and how they use it in their life. It's at the forefront of my mind all of the time. This is what I am working with my clients on every single day is food, nutrition, how they feel about it, why they're eating, what they're eating. And because I see what a difference a person's relationship with food makes, it's something that I prioritize with my kids in order to hopefully give them certain advantages. Now, regardless of what I am teaching them, I can't control my kids' experience. (laughs) They are going to have their own journey and how they end up relating to food is going to be whatever it will be, but I am doing my best to teach them in a way that I believe is helpful in a similar way to what I do with my clients because looking at clients and their experiences with food, a lot of it goes back to when they were children. I know mine certainly does. Many of my negative habits and negative associations with food started as a very young child. So my relationship with food, how I felt about it, quickly became very negative and not due to anything in particular, but a lot due to just a lack of conversations and a lack of knowledge that Who's to say if it would have made a difference, but here's my theory that I'm going to be testing out on my kids is teaching them in this way in hopes that I might be able to give them more advantages than I had. And if I don't, then they're just not meant to have these advantages, but it is something that I prioritize. I think many parents do this to try and give their children things that perhaps they feel like they didn't have. And I had amazing parents. I had an amazing upbringing and there was nothing wrong with it in that way. But looking at my relationship with food and my understanding of it, I try very particularly with my kids to avoid the problems that come with omission, with not talking about food, with not understanding food, and some of the consequences that can result when that is the case, when there is not a continuous conversation about it. So what I'm going to be sharing with you today are two things I don't do with my kids and food and what I do instead. Now, what I'm not going to be talking about is how exactly to feed your children. That's a very personal decision, and I'm also not a dietitian for children. And so I'm going to be discussing more of the mindset pieces when it comes to food that I think are especially beneficial for children at a young age and throughout childhood and being a young adult that I think are really, really influential and can make a very substantial difference in the way a person eats and the way that a person feels. So two things that I don't do and what I do instead. The first thing 
with my children, I will never, ever say, I never have and never will, oh, that food is so bad for you or that food is so good for you. These are two phrases that I just don't say because when you take a food and you say, oh, that's so bad for you or that's so good for you, you immediately create morality around food. It is a lose-lose because you create negative associations and at the same time are denying them knowledge and understanding to make food choices in the future. So instead of making knowledgeable decisions, children instead will make food choices based on morality, what they believe to be good and what they believe to be bad. We are eating food every day, or we should be eating food every day. And we are making choices every day that can affect our physical health and our mental health. So being proactive with teaching children consistently about food is a gift that you are giving them for their overall well-being forever. So instead of with my children saying, oh, this is so good for you, or this is so bad for you, I completely remove the morality of it and instead describe what the food does in the body. I educate. Instead of saying this is good, this is bad, I describe when you eat this, here's what happens in your body. So if there's something that I don't think that they should have, here's how I might phrase it. I would say something like, that food has a lot of sugar in it. Now sugar can give us energy and that is awesome, but too much sugar can make our tummy hurt. So that way I'm teaching them Yeah, sugar gives us energy and that can be really helpful. But sometimes if we have too much of it, then it can hurt us in this way. Or I might say that drink has a lot of calories and calories are so important for our bodies. But if we drink them, it doesn't help us feel full. We can have some sips, but let's make sure that we get some food with that drink so it can help our bodies feel full. Instead of saying, oh, don't have that soda. It's bad for you. I can say, yeah, that soda's delicious. It has a lot of calories and calories are so important for us. They give us energy and they help us do what we want to be doing every day. They help us play. But if we drink them, then our body doesn't feel full. And sometimes we can drink more calories than our body needs. And that can also make us feel sick or not do helpful things in the body. Or I might say something like caffeine is something that gives people a lot of extra energy. That's what caffeine does. It gives people extra energy. But caffeine in littler bodies can give you too much energy. And instead of giving you an energy that feels good, it might make you feel a little bit anxious. I know even for me as an adult, if I drink too much caffeine, which is rare, but if I do, I get super anxious and I have energy, but it doesn't feel good. And so instead of saying, oh, that's so bad for you, I describe what it does and what might happen. Now, maybe children would have caffeine and not get anxious, but when I explain it in this way, it helps the child understand a little bit more about why I'm saying no. Instead of saying, oh, you're a bad kid if you drink that, that's bad for your body. I'm saying, hey, here's my perspective. Here's what this food is doing in your body and what might happen as a consequence. And so as a parent, because I love you, I am going to choose to say, maybe I'm not going to let you have that for this reason not because it's bad. In fact, we can have all of these things in moderation, but how can we make these choices in a little bit more of an informed way? And in the case of drinking uh, calorie-dense drinks, for example, 
I will often let my kids have those if it is accompanied by an adequate amount of food that includes a protein source. Because nine times out of 10, if I do that and they have like a can of root beer that they had gotten at their grandparents' pool, they end up drinking maybe an eighth of it. Now, sometimes they do drink more and that's okay. But when I can help them understand that sometimes it doesn't help us feel full and sometimes that can cause us to have more calories in our body than it actually needs, then it helps them be a little bit more aware about why I'm telling them these things, why I'm saying no. And instead of them thinking that it is bad, they have a little bit more understanding. Now, if there is a food that I think they should have, right? Instead of saying, oh, that food is so good for you. Again, I describe what the food is doing in the body. So I'll say things like red foods have something in them called lycopene and that's red. It helps protect your heart and your body for a really long time. Or I'll say yellow foods have vitamin C in them and that helps your body heal from cuts. Or orange foods have something in them called vitamin A and we need vitamin A to be able to see in the dark. Vitamin A is good for our eyes. Isn't that amazing? Or I'll say green foods help you fight off sickness. So instead of saying eat your vegetables because those are good for you, I will explain why I have vegetables on their plate. And as a parent, I feed my children in a way that is very loving. I love them. So I make food choices for them based on love, not because I think that they should be a different weight or because they think, because I think that something is wrong with them, but because I love them. And I think most parents, I would hope are this way, that they feed their kids because they love them. And so oftentimes we do want our children to be eating fruits and vegetables and they might not be inclined to do so because they're not as tasty as some of the more calorie dense processed foods. And that makes perfect sense. But I will tell you that when I explain to my kids what food does in the body, they are much more inclined to eat it because in their mind, it's like, wow, this does something cool in the body. I want to be able to help my eyes. I want to be able to help my heart. I want to be able to help my body heal from cuts and instead of just thinking, oh, I'm a good person if I eat this, or oh, I'm a bad person if I eat this, they will have an understanding of what the food actually does. And that knowledge is so empowering, even at a young age. My kids are six and four, and we've been having these discussions for years at this point. And of course, as they get older, it's always age appropriate. And sometimes I'll go into more detail about what foods do in the body. But regardless, if you ask them now, they have a pretty good understanding of what different foods do in their body, even protein and carbs and fats. There's no morality around it. I simply just describe why it might be helpful if they eat certain things or if they avoid eating too much of other things. And it's not because there's anything good or bad about it. It's just knowledge. Now, if I talk about these things, if I talk about what food does in the body and you go, well, I don't even know what these foods do in the body. (laughs) This right there is indicative that maybe you are like me. That growing up as a child, you didn't have this. And that's totally okay because you can learn. A lot of this stuff isn't stuff that I learned until I was an adult. And because of that, I'm using that to say, all right, let's implement this with my kids in hopes that I can help them. Now, again, it might not work. Their experience is going to be whatever it is. But you better believe I love my kids and I'm going to do my best. And I'm going to act in a way that I believe will be helpful and give them advantages. But if it doesn't work, that's okay because I trust that I did my best. And that can be true for you too, wherever you are with your children, whatever their ages are and whatever their nutrition has been or is right now. If you don't know about what food does in the body, you can learn. 
unfortunately, it's not something that we learn enough about. I remember learning about, you know, the food pyramid and things like that. I remember talking about food to an extent, but never to the degree where I felt empowered to make choices. Because there was so much more of a morality around foods and things that I quote unquote should be eating or shouldn't be eating, it created so much emotion around it that it led to me developing a more negative relationship with food at a young age because I simply didn't understand the basic neutral science of it because otherwise there was just a morality around it that got in the way of me making empowered choices as a child and that carried into adulthood and I think that's the case for many people when I work with my clients like I mentioned a lot of their uh, relationship elements with food go back to when they were children and so if you don't know you can start now if you don't know what foods do in the body, it can help you learn what to teach your kids, but it can also help you learn what to make choices for yourself, what foods to choose and why they are awesome. And not just from a place of, oh, this is good for me, but to say, when I eat purple and blue foods, this is good for my brain. And I want a strong brain. So I'm going to eat more purple and blue foods. It's one of the greatest things that I love about learning about nutrition is, yes, you can help other people and you can help yourself at the same time. Now, when you explain food in this way to kids, they still might not be happy. I know there are times when I will say no to my kids. I'll explain why. I'll remove the morality of it. And they're still not happy. They're still disappointed. And they might still be a little bit upset with me that I said no. But at least my kids will understand why versus thinking that there is some secret desirable part of the food that almost increases their desire for it because I'm saying, oh no, that's bad. It almost increases the forbidden nature of certain foods. And so then they want it even more. Now, again, this might still happen because we can't control their experience, but this is my attempt to help them develop a healthier relationship with food. Is It's okay that they want it and it's because it's delicious and it tastes good and there are a lot of calories and the body likes that. But sometimes when we overdo it, it can work against us. And that isn't bad. Sometimes we do that and it happens and it's okay in fact, it happened today. We got my four-year-old some Dippin' Dots, which I used to love and just don't anymore. Not worth the calories to me, but she definitely threw up. And I felt so bad for her. And we didn't shame it either. We didn't say, oh, that was because you ate too much ice cream. Even though in my head, I knew that was why. We didn't say that. It was like, yeah, sometimes we want some things and they taste so good. And sometimes it makes us sick. And that is such a bummer. And so we can just learn. We can understand for the next time, for the next time we want these treats that sometimes if I eat too much, it can make me sick. So I don't want to be sick. So I'm not going to eat too much. Instead of saying, oh, that's so bad for you. You shouldn't be eating that. Can you feel the difference there? This is something that's so important to me is to remove the emotional elements of food, to remove the emotional associations as much as possible. Because just as you might not know what foods do in the body, and maybe you do, but maybe there's room to learn more, or maybe you don't know anything at all. Often what is there instead of knowledge is a morality, is a fear, is an intense desire for certain foods, is a lot of emotional eating for comfort or out of boredom. And this can happen as a result of just a lack of understanding and a lack of emotional regulation, which is all okay. This is what I work with people on every single day. And it's so powerful to work through. And there's nothing wrong with you if this is how you relate to food. But this is a work that you can do to benefit your children and benefit yourself. And you can take as long as it takes to learn these things and it will benefit you no matter what. Even if you just try to change things by 1%, change how you're eating, how you're talking to your kids about food by 1%, it will make a difference. So that's the first thing that I don't do and what I do instead is I don't 
create morality around food. I don't ever say this food is good for you or this food is bad for you. Instead, I just describe what food does in the body. And so that's something I recommend. And if you don't know, learn. This is something you can ask ask me, DM me on Instagram, and I can tell you age-appropriate examples of how to explain what certain foods do in the body and how to explain it to a child. The next thing that I don't do when it comes to food, I don't use food as a punishment or as a reward. I don't say, hey, if you behave, if you're really good, then you're going to get ice cream or you're going to get a sucker. Or I don't ever say, if you listen, or I'm sorry, if you don't listen, you're not going to get a treat tonight. You better listen to me or else I'm not going to give you the Twix that you wanted later tonight. There's never incentivizing using food because what this does is it paints food as a reward and right there it creates an emotional component, a lot of desire, a lot of disappointment if you don't get it, a lot of fear. Food shouldn't be a reward. Treats shouldn't be a reward. Food and treats should be something that we fuel our bodies with and that we enjoy. We should not reward or punish our behavior with food. Food should be something that we utilize every day to fuel our body no matter what decisions we've made, no matter what we've eaten in the past, no matter how much we have or have not exercised. We should not reward ourselves or punish ourselves based on our behaviors with food and treats accordingly. Because then it creates a morality around it. It creates a morality of your worth as a person. When you think, oh, I'm a good person if I eat this way, I'm a good person if I exercise, I can reward my behavior with food, you then start to create a skewed sense of self. Because you are worthy no matter what. And what you have eaten or not eaten or how much you have exercised or not exercised is not something that needs to be rewarded or punished. It's just information. You need to be always eating every day, fueling your body, no matter what. When it comes to my kids, I don't take away or add foods based on how they're behaving. What we do is we just set rules in the house for treats. And this is something that we often discuss together we come together to find a rule that we both agree on is healthy and useful. After I've explained why we're setting the rule and why it would be a good idea to have a rule around the treats that we eat. And when they are involved in that process, they feel a little bit more involved and thus are more willing to follow through with it because they don't see it as mom saying no or mom taking away their freedom. Instead, Again, they understand why we need to have these rules. Because if we have too much of this, it might have this consequence. If we don't have enough of this, it might have this consequence in the body. Not a consequence of behavior or a punishment, but A plus B equals C. Here's what happens in your body when you eat these foods or don't eat these foods. So what we do with my kids is we decided all together that they get one treat per day. They're the ones that get to choose what it is. And it can be first thing in the morning if they want it. That is their choice. But they know that it's the only treat they get for the day. And oftentimes they'll say, oh, I want it. I want it right now, mom. And they wake up and I want my treat. And I will say, of course, you're welcome to have it. However, I know that we're going to the theme park today. Or I know that we're going to, 
grandparents house today and I know they're going to have these treats there that I know that you like and if you want to have one of those it might be smart to wait but if you don't want to wait for that treat if you don't want that treat more then let's have one now and I give them that choice they get to decide because then they feel involved it's not just mom saying nope can't have that it's bad for you they understand why we're doing what we're doing and they're the ones that get to choose within that framework now when they ask for more treats or for a really big treat like a whole ice cream eating out something like that we always try to include other foods with it because there are times and seasons where we might have more treats if we are going to our local theme park we have season passes there and it's so fun and we will typically allow them to get a treat there and sometimes it's either a little bit bigger or we might even get multiple depending on the day and this happens on vacations too and we allow it and we explain that when we are eating big treats like that it's important to have enough of the other things that our body needs so that our body feels good and we can still enjoy the treat at the same time so instead of framing it as no treats or we can't have that It's okay, if we are going to have a little bit more than maybe we normally do, let's just make sure that we have enough of the other foods that our body needs so that our body feels happy and feels good and we have energy and we don't get sick and enjoy the treat while we're eating it. Now, again, kids may not be happy as you are trying to set parameters and restrictions and rules around food and especially around, you know, some of the more calorie dense packaged treats. They might not be happy and you might try to have a discussion with them and they might totally shoot it down, but they are still going to be making their choices in the end. And teaching them what food does in their body is better than keeping them in the dark and leading them to believe that they are a good person or a bad person based on what they eat. And this is something that I really had to work through as an adult because I felt like I was so noble. I was so, so good morally when I ate well or that I was so bad I was such a bad person when I didn't eat well and separating my worth as a human from my behaviors from how much I exercised or didn't or whatever I ate created so much freedom and peace around food because then I started to look at my body as something to love and to fuel and not something that dictated whether or not I was a good person And so this is the approach that I take with my children is food is never a reward. It's something to be enjoyed. We have the gift of so many foods in the world and I am so grateful when I get to take part in them. And when I do, it is always because I love my body and I want to fuel my body and not because I need to earn it or because I did enough quote unquote good things that I am suddenly worthy of a treat. I have a treat every single day. That's something that I do regardless of what food choices I made yesterday. As is the case for many people on vacation, for example, when you might eat more calories than normal, or you might eat a lot of different types of food than normal. I come home from vacation. I don't ever restrict as a punishment for what I ate. I wake up the next day and I begin to eat food, fuel my body, and I still have treats because it's something that adds joy to my life. And I'm so grateful to have the ability to enjoy certain foods 
And I can do that regardless of what decisions I've made in the past. And this is what I hope for my kids. And this is what I hope for your kids is that as you teach them what food does and you remove the emotional components, you remove the punishment and reward nature of foods and instead give them knowledge and understanding of what food does and explain and frame food as something that we should enjoy and we should also use to fuel our bodies in the kindest and most knowledgeable way. My hope is that that knowledge will equip them to make certain choices that might work in their favor. And you know what? Even if they don't, that's okay. Because I have chosen to believe that I am doing my best and that I am a great mom. And I want to extend that invitation to you. That as a parent, you can just choose to believe that you are doing your best and you are the best mom for your children. Even if they are making choices that you don't support or don't agree with when it comes to food or just generally in life at all, you can still choose to believe I'm a great mom. And I'm so proud of myself for doing my best and for teaching them in a way that was loving and intended to help them. And they are different humans than me. They have agency and they are totally allowed to make whatever choices they want. And it's just my job to love them and teach them the best I can and let them make those choices. Knowledge is power when it comes to food and you can't start too early having these conversations. That is all I have for you. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I will talk to you next week. Are you ready to lose weight, but you don't know where to start? I have something for free that can help. Here at Brain Diet, I offer a free set your custom macros call. On this call, I'll want to know what your goals are and set you on the nutritional path to achieving them. This is a private call with me where I get all the information about you and your body so I can deliver a custom calorie and macronutrient count that when implemented will lead to weight loss in a kind and nourishing way. And if you're ready to hire a coach to walk you through every step of your weight loss journey, I'll tell you everything you need to know about that too. So if it's your time to start losing weight in a sustainable, healthy, and nourishing way, sign up for this free set your custom macro call at the link in the show notes. I'll see you soon. Thank you.